0: Love, Talk Radio. Greetings, I'm Ellen Rohr. At Barebones Biz, we believe that your business can be a path to peace, prosperity, and freedom. Sound good? Great. Welcome to the Barebones Biz Radio Show. Hey, if you just want to make some more money, you've come to the right place, too. On my show, I invite smart business builders to share success tips and tell their inspiring tales of challenge and triumph. So, saddle up, biz builder. The Bare Bones Biz Radio Show starts right now. Woohoo! I'm <laughs> That's supposed to be coins dropping. I just added that. Okay. Hey, it's Ellen, and welcome to the Bare Bones Biz Radio Show. My new best friend is Casey Reynolds, and he's going to be here today talking about how to grow a team fast. And I totally love his story and how he's um, grown team after team in a way that allows him to do virtually nothing. From what I can tell now, uh, Casey, you hardly work anymore, and I think that's a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I work on starting
1: other companies.
0: Well, that's fun, and I know so many of the, the folks I visit with have that question, how do I build a good team? How do I you know, make good decisions when it comes to hiring people? When is it time to let them go? And we're going to be doing that. As, we're going to be talking about that as best we can today. Let me start with a couple little announcements. If you um, like to have something to follow along, uh, Casey and I are going to uh, cover some points. We've got uh, the majority of those points laid out on my website, barebonesbiz.com. And across the top, you'll see radio show. And if you click on that, you're going to see a handsome picture of Casey. And this is what we intend to cover today. So this will just give you a chance to... uh um, get Some people learn better when they have something to refer to. So that's uh, available on my website right there. Also, before we get off the call today, I'm excited to share some news about a new program we have coming up called the 12-step, step-by-step program. And, Casey, I know you've got some terrific um, tools to turn people on to before we get off the, the call today. So I'll be sure to leave some time to, to share that. If you've called in, and the the switchboard is filling up, which is just fantastic, if you've called in, you have the opportunity to ask a question. And you can do so by just pressing the number 1 on your your keypad. So as we progress, feel free, free to listen in. But if um there 's something you want some clarity on or if you 've got a specific employee challenge that you want some help with, then press number one and that raises your hand on my dashboard and casey i 'll interrupt you and we'll uh, 'll we'll bring callers on board it 's always fun if you 're brave enough to ask a question, so don 't be intimidated or uh, um, just take you know take what you need and leave the rest and this is a great opportunity for you to get help from the foremost expert in employee relations right now, Casey Reynolds. So welcome, Casey, to the show.
1: Well, I'm glad to be here, and thanks for that nice introduction.
0: Yay. Well, you and I got to know each other because we are uh, we have a mutual friend, Howard Partridge, who's done a great job building business after business in the professional cleaning industry. And we've spent some time on the phone, long enough for me to realize, man, you are someone that I should pay attention to. So I'm delighted to have you on the call why don't you start off by sharing um, the salient points of your history? How did you come to be an expert in growing rock and teams fast?
1: Well, you know that's a good question. Um, I guess it would be best to start with a little bit of background. You know, other than my construction company and my consulting company, uh, I should include my real estate companies. I've been in the uh, service industry all my life. And I'm very familiar with the service industry. I had great success. But one of the biggest problems with the service industry, it was so it, – it is. It's so labor-intensive. And if you don't have a good handle on how to deal with employees, you know, Ellen, it's a tough, 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 tough business to be in. And um, the way I became an expert is through blood, sweat, tears, and years <laughs> of employees just beating me up lawsuits, unemployment claims, workers' comp, bogus, bogus workers' comp claims, the whole gambit. That I got to the point in my business career, I should say my young business career, that I said, you know what, I'm either going to sell my business or I'm going to figure this whole employee thing out. So thank God, God blessed me with the gift of perseverance. And uh, I was determined to figure this whole thing out, and I did. And now I'm on the other side. And uh, like you said, I don't go to my office anymore. I work from my home office. My staff runs everything for me. And I'm basically freed up to what I enjoy is opening other businesses, and I'm a real estate investor. Now I also help people with their employee problems. So anyone who is listening who has employee problems, I want to give you hope. Don't give up. And mm-hmm. I'll just mention this, that, uh see, dealing with employees and employee problems is so, 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 so easy. The key is if you know what you're doing. Let me interrupt
0: a second. Your your uh, service businesses are primarily cleaning companies.
1: Well, I have a cleaning company. I had a carpet cleaning company. I sold the carpet. I had the uh, handyman company. And, uh, and then, you know, now I have the uh, construction company, which we primarily do the work on my uh, residential uh, real estate. So we're kind of still okay. dealing with the... Um, Uh, the service uh, sector there. Um, And that's the three big ones that I've had success with.
0: Well, I bring that up because so many of the folks who listen to this call have service businesses, and it does come down to the, the widget that we sell is time, is someone's time, either going to a place of business or a residence and exchanging their skilled expertise for you know in in the widget of time. And to do that you need people and to do that you gotta uh, grow a, a rock and team. So where would you like to start today? You know, you've got uh this opportunity to uh help us out. Where do you think we should begin with our conversation today?
1: Well uh, let me just start with this premise I guess and uh basically it would be you know your employees are either going to make you or break you, and they're either going to give you the life you've always dreamed of, or they're going to give you a living hell to live, and so I I, I guess I wanted to start with uh, a couple quick keys, and then we want to talk about marketing to attract employees, and the first key I just want to mention is if you want a team of superstar employees, the key is you want to have a steady flow of applicants applying at your company so that you can find that one in a million or that diamond in a rough. And the other key I want to mention is recruiting is a numbers game. So what I want to talk to you briefly about is marketing to attract employees uh, because everybody talks about marketing to attract customers. But what about marketing to attract superstar employees? Because very often, you know, they're your best marketing tool, especially in a service industry. They're the ones out there on the front line winning the jobs, dealing with the customers and that kind of thing. Does that make sense?
0: Totally makes sense. And um, I think that's a a really great thing to to bring up. I've I've heard that before, that before you start firing everybody, which you may still want to do, if your team is not the right stuff or it's just not a good fit or you've made too many mistakes to recover, before you do that you might look at recruiting. And so how would you recruit to attract superstar employees?
1: Well, the first thing I would do is – I would do, want to develop a cost-effective marketing campaign that would, again, draw the employees me, to me like a magnet. What most small businesses do is they wait, and I'm guilty of this, and I have been guilty of this, Till what happens? They lose an employee. And then what happens? They go into panic mode. And what yeah. happens when you're in panic mode, you're desperate. And when you're desperate, you lower your hire, hiring standards, at least, you, you know, I that's what I did just to get a warm body.
0: And totally I'm get that.
1: experience. Yeah. And what I have found, though, Ellen, if you have a cost-effective marketing campaign in place, and I emphasize the word cost-effective, giving you a steady stream of applicants applying at your company, see, it puts you in a position of power because now not only do you have a steady stream of applicants to pick from, because, remember, recruiting is a numbers game, but when your current employees know that they can be replaced very quickly, you will be absolutely amazed how they're going to toe the line. And uh, this is a key I want you to remember – you know the audience is nothing motivates employees like the replacement. I'm just giving you some hardcore uh, truths here. Um, everybody waits till they need employees. Well, you know you always probably have, depending on how many employees you have, somebody's heading south all the time. You know it could be you know the marriage has gone bad or they're moving or you know there's a hundred reasons why employees head south. So you always want to be you know keeping something in the pipeline as far as interviewing people and. So that's the first thing I do, but the three points. So what would that I'd what want... would
0: that look like? Give us some tactics here. So what what would that recruiting and 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 what do you consider cost effective?
1: Well, you want to hit the bullseye, and so it, the first thing you want to do is you want to define your target market employee. In other words, who specifically are the employees you're going after to fill whatever position you're trying to fill? What are their needs? What are their wants? What do they read? Where do they go? What's the competition paying them? Now, once you answer these types of questions, and don't miss this, this is number two, you give them what they want, and that becomes your USP, your unique selling point. And it also helps you to create killer ad copy for your employee advertisements. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you own a plumbing company, and from asking the right questions, you find out that a lot of your employees love to hunt and fish. So if it were me and I'd I'd run an ad to recruit employees for my plumbing company, one of the lines in my ad might say, get paid big bucks to go hunting and fishing each year. You know, that's giving them what they want. And then the third thing I would do is I'd go to where they're at and give them what they want. So I'd probably place the ad in some kind of, like, local hunting or fishing publication because I'm going to where my target market is, then I'm giving them what I want. Now, I realize this is thinking a little outside of the box, but... I'm going, you know, this is the same thing that people do to market to customers.
0: I think that makes great sense. In your experience, what are some of the things that you've discovered that they want? Like, for instance, um, I work with a fellow named Al Levy, and he does a great job in um, recruiting and and hiring folks. And one of the things that he taught me is that training, when you offer training, when we say we're going to help you succeed and develop your skills, is an absolutely rock star usp advantage to people who come to work with you what are it, a do you agree with that and b what other um unique selling propositions or elements have you found that uh really help magnetize right stuff people
1: well i know for instance a real simple one in my cleaning company um you know because we have uh you know around 50 employees so we're always you know putting you we know, always have to keep things in the pipeline there um no, we don't work any holidays, evenings, or weekends. That is a huge, huge USP because we're getting a lot of people from the restaurant industry or, you know, the, uh, you know where they're working different shifts at, uh, day, uh, day, or, uh, what are they called, uh, you know, uh, senior care, that kind of thing. So it is mm-hmm. a huge, huge advantage. Or they're coming from a retail background, and they just love the hours. Uh, and that, I, I, I think one. that's
0: a really great point because if you—that's a really simple thing—but that is different about your business than where you're going to look for folks who may want to take a um, uh, an, inder- an industry move. They might want to go from another industry to your industry for that reason alone. I think that's terrific. Well, for I, another quick one, and I look for these, and you have to work and you have to try to make them. And in other
1: words, I ask my employees. You know, I know what they want. But uh, my construction company, we had a situation where we 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 just dis- because of certain things we decided four tens we'd work four tens. Well, let me tell you something. That is a powerful U.S.P. When you're advertising that and you're putting that in your advertisement, uh, you know four ten hour days to the right person. That is like they died and went to heaven. You know. Uh, my mm-hmm. construction guys just absolutely loved it because they had the week, the, you know, three day weekends every weekend. That was an awesome USP. Now, if I was in the plumbing industry, you know, all, a lot of these guys do the 24 hour service. Just as an example, you might not do 24 hour service. So you might advertise, you know, just work Monday through Friday, you no know, holidays, evenings, weekends. I mean, you, you know, you might not need every customer if you're marketing correctly. I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. making something up. Give you some examples.
0: Well, I think you do have to look at that. You know, a lot of people advertise they do 24-hour service, but they really don't, and they're not geared up to do it very well. That may be an advantage if they choose not to do that. You know, a a bigger company may be able to take advantage of that um, uh, service, but if you are a bigger company, you do have to uh, – you can spread out that on-call or weekends among different guys. So you might say every, you know, uh, third week you get a a three-day weekend, there's still ways that you can do some flex time or, you know, the every third week you get a sleep in. You get to sleep in and go to work at ten and and uh um finish up at six o'clock. So you can extend extend your schedule in terms of how you serve your customers, but you still have that can still be a win for the team too. If you rotate um, fairly and consistently through your th- through your overall team, so I'm getting the point that you're going to talk it up perhaps with your existing employees and then ask questions about what is of service to the target market that you're seeking.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the most you know you're you're making me think here, but one of the most important things that I have found that is so so important because employees are trading hours for dollars in a lot of cases. If right. you can cater a schedule to to their lifestyle, man. That is a huge retention hook, and that's just going to, you know, work in your favor. So hours are a big thing to play with.
0: You know, and for certain jobs, like for the, the service techs, you might have to have more structured hours to serve your customers. But for office jobs, there may be more flexibility. You know, if you've got um, uh, a bookkeeping position or even CSR positions, if you can cater that to a mom with young kids so that she can see her kids off at, to school in the morning and be home in time for them to get home, I think there's a wealth of opportunity in that mother of young kids market right now. Does that Absolutely. make sense? Oh, we yeah, do that you got me thinking too. I knew we'd have fun today.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, my <laughs> office staff, I'm – I thought well, we're going to get to that. I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself. But on top of that, then, once I find out their USP, I'm a little more creative, I probably have some kind of performance-based pay plan that would enable, in this case, for, enable them to go hunting and fishing each year in, in, in addition to their regular vacation so the wife doesn't get upset and the kids don't get upset. And it's just a huge, big advantage to employees. Now, my employees, let me tell you, if I'm going to give them a week or two extra paid vacation to go hunting and fishing – I mean, they look so forward to that. I can't tell you. Uh, Interesting. So that's just one example.
0: Yeah, I love that a lot. Okay, um, let's talk about, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself on that either. I'm I'm writing this down for later because I think you might address it already. So I'm going to be cryptic. All right, well, by the way, this? if you've got questions and we're not at, we're not there yet, don't be afraid to raise your hand. So press number 1 if you're on the on the phone call and um if you're not, there's still a couple of phone lines left open so you can call in to the the switchboard number which is 347637. Two two eight four. You can always listen on the internet, but if you call in, that gives you a chance to ask questions and be on the line with us. So, jump right in. So, Casey, where do we want to go from here? Well, let's look at that the point.
1: The second point you have there are some uh, power-packed interview questions. Let's talk about okay. once you have your phone ringing with a steady stream of applicants. How do you know which ones to hire, because, as I said earlier, the team you build around you is going to make or break you, et cetera okay, simple. let me
0: now let me as soon as I ask you where we want to go next, that made me want to go back to that first point before we move on. Tell me this: newspaper ads, flyers um one to one conversations what are your uh, favorite marketing vehicles for reaching out to that target market with a with a succinct u s p
1: well again i i find I find out. You know, what I'll do is I'll interview all my – since I have 50 employees, it's easy, but, um, you know, I'll interview them. And I say, you know, what, what publications do you read? Where would you go if you were looking for a job? For instance, my office staff, they're going to go to Monsters.com. Some of my field techs, they don't even know what Monster.com is. You know, so I, I just – I do my research and I just simply go to the customer and I ask them, you know, what are you reading? So I don't have a favorite one. Whatever is their favorite becomes my favorite. Because all okay. you know, birds of feather flock together. So if they're reading a you know, penny saver to look for jobs, that's probably where I'm going to go for that sector.
0: Okay. Hey, I do have a question. Could I put you on uh, alert here? Sure. Okay. All right. Dear caller, your phone number ends in 1729. Go ahead and uh, ask your question. Hey, I just want to make a comment. This is Howard Parkridge. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like old home week. Hi, how, how you, you doing, are you Howard?
1: Me? Good, how man, doing, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good to hear your voice.
0: Good to hear yours too, brother. Hey, um, listen, this is good stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. You know what I'm getting out of this is that you know you, it's kind of like when you, you you don't really understand marketing, you just think you know you put your name out there and you go find customers, right? But what you're talking about is, is specifically you're, you're basically building a marketing plan for attracting employees, and I, I just love the way you're you're weaving this stuff together. I
1: was uh, I'm very impressed. I love it.
0: Yay! You know that's a really that's a nice way to look at it, Howard. You really are. Everything you said so far is what we've heard before when it comes to marketing for new customers, with the the twist that you're going to use those basics to find great people to come work for you.
1: You're absolutely right, and that's where I got it from. Every book and every, you know, I just learned how do you market to get these guys because I needed them, and, you know, nothing's – I've been where – I don't know if – I'm sure you guys have been, too. You run an ad with all these expectations, and then, wow, the people you get, are you're either afraid, you wonder how these people are even allowed on the street, or, you know, you don't get any response at all. And that's just playing Russian roulette when you go that route, you know. A lot of these ads, what I see people do is they'll they'll look in the paper and they'll say, you know, John Smith, oh, he pays his employees $15 an hour. Well, I'm going to put my ad in. I'll pay fifteen fifty. And uh And, you know, they, if you do the same thing that the next guy does, he doesn't know what he's doing and you're following him and you're going to get the same results. So I just decided. Now what happens is a lot of my competitors start to copy my ads, so every now and then I have to, you know, change things. But that's
0: just part of the game. Mix them up a little bit. Well, Howard, you're so sweet. Thanks for chim- chiming in. I'm enjoying it. No, great great job, guys. Yay. Okay, well, raise your hand again if there's a, another comment you want to make. Okay. All Thank right, you. darling. This is so fun. It's like summer camp here. Okay, so let's go. Now you've got, you you mentioned having enough choice. So we want an ad that creates a lot of response, and you'll know by practicing and trying and applying good marketing principles and and following the the tips that you just gave us, now you have a lot of choice. How do we um, separate the wheat from the chaff in short order? You've got a power-packed interview question that you're fond of. Let's talk about it.
1: All right, let me work up to it. Uh, the first okay. key, though, I want to tell people, and I'm just very adamant about this is, and I want I want your listeners to remember this. See, one right hire can dramatically change your life for the better, just like one wrong hire can dramatically change your life for the worse, costs you tons of time, money, effort, aggravation, and if you're not careful these days, a lawsuit, and I'm speaking from experience. And um, another key I want to give you and this is one of my absolute favorite keys about picking the right employee is one right hire can do the work of two or three employees. And I just think that's phenomenal. So the key is to hire the right employees, and it all starts with the interview process. And you can save yourself so much time and effort and heartache if you learn to interview correctly and hire the right candidate from the get-go. And I tell people this all the time that I, I, I help and consult. You know, if you don't like the results you're getting from the interview process, you've got to change the questions you're asking your applicants. So one, of, so the secret, you want me to share the secret. One of the secrets or one of my power-packed interview questions that helps just really cut through the crap and, and save you a lot of time and money and heartache is, is, well, first of all, I should say, I do the interview process a little different than most people, and what I do is this. And, um... I find out, and here's the key, here's the key, I don't want you to miss this, I find out what the candidate really wants, and see, my approach uh, is is I pre-qualify for the most part before the interview even begins, then the initial part of the interview is all about finding out what the candidate really wants. You know, simple power pack questions like this can radically improve the quality of the candidates you hire. Something like, what do you really enjoy doing at work? You know, what are your favorite tasks? What would you love to be doing all day long in the ideal world? Let me give you a quick example, and then, you know, we can discuss this. Let's say you have a candidate that went to school for accounting. Well, that does not mean that they like accounting. They may absolutely hate accounting, but that's what they went to school for, and that's what they're qualified to do, and they need to pay their bills. So they do that day in and day out, go, go to work hating their job, and being miserable, and you do not want that person on your payroll, yes, they need to be qualified to do the job, but they hate what they're doing now here 's the deal: you have to find somebody that number one loves to do what you 're hiring them to do and is extremely qualified to do it and When you put those two together, that is one powerful combination because you know now you have a happy employee doing what they love to do, and that increases productivity, you know because now. You know, the people's doing what they love to do, obviously they're going to be more productive. It increases retention because when people are happy, you know, they're going to stick around. And uh, it increases some morale because when people are doing what they love to do, their attitudes are better.
0: That's a so really that simple, elegant, lovely approach. It's something not to neglect to do is to ask what are you happy doing or what if you could do all day every day what you want to do. I love those questions. Now, sometimes they may not – Um, know how to do what it is that they love to do. And so if you have systems and manuals and training, now you just need someone who's willing to learn, which can reduce what you need initially in that skill set, right?
1: Absolutely. Does that that
0: question make sense?
1: Uh, Yes, absolutely. Uh, You know, as long as the framework's there, we can always train them. Um, But I'll even take it to even a a simpler level. Let's say I'm hiring um, somebody to come into my office and – uh they' let's say it's a um office manager well office manager is a pretty broad description um but let's say I know that there is a lot of phone work and i and I know that you know my because in my office my phone's ring off the hook, and I know it's very phone intensive uh I'll ask them, you know what are your favorite tasks well if if I don't hear the phone work in there and I know that they're gonna be spending eighty percent on the on the phone uh, that worries me. Or if I say, would you rather be doing this, this, or this, and I, you know, include like, would you rather be doing dealing with, uh, you know, accounting or customer service or answering the phone, and answering the phone is third. They're not my candidate. That's not. They're, they're, I'm not. I can't give them what they want. You know, so I'm I very, think that's
0: really, I think that's really good because sometimes we um, neglect to find that out. I can see how we bypass that, and you know, a good applicant has been hearing that they're supposed to have you do eighty percent of the talking. So there's going to be a little bit of a, <laughs> uh, but, a challenge here to get them to open up, right?
1: Uh, well, yeah, it's interesting because um, when I, more specifically, when I'm interviewing somebody for an office position. Um, And and I have a resume in front of me. Uh, When we call them up to pre-qualify them, we're we're very, very close-mouthed. We don't tell them. This throws them off track so much. We'll call them up and we'll just say, hey, Sue, or hey, Ellen, we're calling you today. We got an application or we got your uh, resume and we're just calling you up to find out a little information. Let me ask you a couple questions. What exactly do you enjoy doing? And that just throws them off track so much because they're like, well, you know, where are you calling from? Uh, You know, And if you tell them anything, they're going to cater their answer to exactly the position they applied for. So you don't tell them anything. You just say, you know what, my boss gave me a stack of interviews or or, uh, resumes here, and she said, I'd just call you up and ask you, you know, uh, and I have my office manager do this, call you up and ask you what you enjoy doing. And some of them open up and some of them, you know, don't. But you you want the ones that will open up and they'll tell you, well, I enjoy doing this, I enjoy doing that. I'm I'm telling you this has revolutionized my interview process by finding out what people really want without even letting them know what I'm doing.
0: And so you may even find that while they are applying for a certain job, you may have a position that they might be better suited for, and right out of the gate you're you're putting them uh, in a place that's going to make them feel comfortable. Hey, this isn't on our, uh, uh, our, our list, a bulleted list, but it's making me think of that. What do you think about testing people for aptitude or for their motivations? I I love it when it's called personality testing, so you can tell someone, we're going to test to see whether or not you have a personality. But, I mean, there is a a lot of validity to different types of tests. How do you feel about that as part of the overall hiring process?
1: Well, I'm very much for it. Uh, As a matter of fact, another key to hiring the right employee that has, again, radically improved our success our hiring process is giving a potential candidate the personality profiles uh before you ever even waste your time interviewing them for instance if i 'm hiring for uh let 's well I'll give an example let's say you're hiring you know you own a plumbing company and you 've decided that the plumbers you need to hire need to be very detail oriented so what you know they need to be detailed so that there 's no gas leaks water leaks, that kind of thing so what you do is you give the potential candidates the personality profile test before you waste your time interviewing interview them, and what we do is we just send them or they can go online and take them because I'm not going to waste my time if somebody doesn't uh, come up as a detailed person, and we send them out as a the qualifying process, and we'll only interview the ones whose test scores indicate that they're detailed, you know, if that's the case. Uh, so I, bet some, uh, I bet you went through
0: some. I um, bet you went through some trial and error to find tests that you uh, like and that work for you. Do you want to describe that process or how you narrowed down on the kind of tests you like to to use?
1: Yeah, the one I use and I, I have it on my website is the one that I can actually understand. And the one that I took and I, I said, you know what, this is easy. I understand it, and it actually depicts my personality because I can't con myself, you know. Uh-huh. So I I know what I am. I know that I'm not a detailed person, and this this did a good job. And it's very easy to understand that it's relatively not that expensive. Um, but boy, I'll tell you that those things help. For instance, carpenters. If I hire a carpenter, I need a detailed guy or person. If if they're not detailed, I can't hire them because I'm. Um, you know, we just do some very um, you know, it's important. That's just how I want my my carpenters. I want it perfect. So people think, well, how can I use this? Oh, I think, how can you not use it, you know? uh, If you're hiring for a sales position or somebody in the office, if they don't test that they're uh, people, you know, they have a lot of people skills, you know, they're not, (laughs) I have three words for you, R-U-N, you know? But uh, I know to caution here, if a candidate does not reflect, in in the case we were talking about, that they're detailed, you know, don't hire them. I don't care how qualified they are because I've made that mistake and I've paid dearly. So
0: What they're, about they're just... um how did how did you incorporate do you drug test as well? Is that part of the initial um uh uh hiring process? How do you feel about that across the board? Is that something that you think is necessary anymore or optional? I think it's an
1: awesome thing if you can do it. I think the more qualifying you can do, especially these days, the better off you are, uh, yeah. no doubt about it. Um, you know, and it depends, too, on your, you, you know. The key is it might take a little longer to get that perfect candidate, but once you get the perfect candidate and you take care of them, you know, that that's just one more you have on your team, you know.
0: Well, let's talk about some of the devastating and common hiring mistakes. So you've given us some good food for thought, and you've given us some practical tips for uh, attracting right stuff people and uh, interviewing them. What do you want to absolutely not do as you look to expand your team?
1: Well, you know, it's kind of actually a review, and I didn't mean to be redundant when I was thinking about this, but um, not finding out what the candidate really wants is just a huge mistake. I don't care if, you know, they're, they're you, you know, just because somebody is qualified to do plumbing work does not mean they like to be a plumber, you know, so that mm-hmm. has been something that has really helped me. And the other thing is, uh, not performing performance-based uh, or per, uh, personality profiles on people—big, uh, big, big, big mistake. I, I, I can't emphasize the point enough. Yet, you know, see, you could have two plumbing companies. One's a commercial. One could be um, residential. One could be commercial. Well, the owner of the company kind of dictates the atmosphere. Correct. Right. I agree. And he ha- that, the, the, the guy in charge has to decide what type of employees he wants. See, with my construction company, I'm willing to trade off personality because sometimes when you hire those people that are very, very detailed, they might not have the personality, but the quality of their work shines for them. So that's the way I've decided to go. Now, other guys, you know, there's basically the four personality profile types. that You know, I kind of boil it down to... You either have the people that are very driving. You have the people that are detailed. You have the people that are just kind of like you yourself. You're a very people person, and then you mm-hmm. have uh, your followers. I consider Howard more of a a driver and a people person. He has nice. He has both skills. I'm a very boring person. I'm just hardcore driving. Period. You know.
0: So uh huh. Well, and it's interesting. Absolute... You know, we're we're talking about personality tests, and I, again, there I've heard different. Uh, words that may be more politically correct or, per, or or sensitive to people, because it is weird to say, here, take this personality test. Like, what, I don't have a personality? Good <laughs> tests do tend to be indicative of um, helping people identify what it is that they like to do and helping an, a potential employer find out if this person is going to be a good fit in the job. And that's what you want to aim for with tests like that. DISC is one. You've got a a, yeah, a, a that's a what is, I like. Is that the one you like? Disc. That's um, a good one. I use one called uh, Flag Pages, and it it, they always come down. It seems like they always come down to four basic personality types. But I think you're right. Certain, like a bookkeeper, I you know don't think bookkeepers generally make great people on the phone because they're detail oriented and sometimes don't have a really outgoing or warm personality. Which is okay if they're if we've hired them to do accounting type work. And sometimes it's challenging because you need someone to stretch into multiple positions, especially as you're small. But knowing as you grow which area you're going to move them towards and eliminate the the extra uh, duties can be helpful. I'm a big fan of um, using tests like that, too. It's good to hear you uh, um, uh, confirm that. I've learned a lot about that. I've learned a lot about myself by honoring and recognizing what I'm good at. I'm not very good at detail and follow-through, and sometimes I really uh, frustrate the people on my team who are. So it is good to know that about yourself as well as the people that you're bringing on board. So those are good uh, hiring mistakes to make. And we keep coming back to what a lovely thing to present yourself to potential employees as someone who wants to make sure that this is a good fit and that we can provide a job that makes you happy. And if not, it's, you know, then let's not even get started. That makes sense. You're going to be absolutely,
1: but you will be amazed when you start interviewing people And, you know, I'm very good at interviewing because I've done so much. And in my my home study courses, I really teach people how to interview correctly because there's an art to it. Uh, It's kind of like a soft interrogation, actually. I mean, when I'm interviewing somebody hardcore from my office, I mean, when they walk out of there, they're exhausted and and they should be because I've just, you know, unless, you know, people ask, when's the interview over? And I said, the second they don't qualify anymore. You know so I'll qualify if somebody's in my office for uh, let's say an hour that is that means they are just passing with flying colors um, but um, another thing about hiring a lot of people make this mistake and it just absolutely blows my mind is they don't check references it's just mind-boggling um, but it happens I have people that have taken employees off me to work for banks in 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 uh, municipalities and they don't even call us and check a reference it's amazing
0: well, um, some people don't check references because they don't think you're going to give them the straight story. So give us a little more about that. Like if <laughs> I put or if I put Mrs. Fernwicky as my reference on my um on my application and you call Mrs. Fernwicky, how do you get Mrs. Fernwicky to 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 square up with you?
1: You know what? I call them up and I try to talk to them. First of all, I will ask the candidate for any and everybody I can get. I don't care if it's a indirect uh, a, a co-worker, anybody I can get is a reference. That's just if I'm very, very serious. If I'm very serious about somebody. Um, and, again, depending on the position, if it's an entry-level cleaning position, I'm not going to put the time in that I would require if I'm hiring somebody to run one of my companies. It's just a different scenario. But um, I would call Mrs. – what was her name?
0: <laughs> Fernwicky is always my imaginary person. okay, <laughs> Fernwicky. I'd call
1: Mrs. Fernwicki. I just say, you know what, Mrs. Fernworthy? I'm in the exact same position you are. I'm just trying to hire good, honest, hardworking, reliable people. Uh, this is strictly off the record. Is there anything you could tell me uh, about uh, Mrs. You know, Smith's, per- and I always try to say something specific so they can give me a, an answer, uh, her attendance, uh, or okay. this is always a good one, would you hire her back off right. the record? And I just try to be friendly and open up to them. And I just say, because you could be calling me next week, and I understand, and I have found quite often I can get the information I need. It's a little tougher when you get to human resources. That's why it's really important to try to, uh, you know, get the boss that's out on the floor with them or whatever whatever the case
0: well, and I want to add this, too, that you want to check more than one reference because sometimes people leave jobs because legitimately they work for a knucklehead. And if you just call that one guy and they say, yeah, this has got you, this person is not worth hiring again, the problem could be that boss. But if you tend to see a pattern, then I think you, you've you got more reason to um, uh avoid hiring this person than if you get just a one off if one person says they didn't work well it could be that the other person is not worth working for so there's always that opportunity too
1: and i would agree and you would be amazed at even personal references when i had to go that far down the list uh what they've told me about people uh you'd be surprised i'm thinking why would this person even put their name down <laughs> and uh it, you know I'll, <laughs> it's amazing but the one of the main things is is you i'm sure you know is I look at that work history. Work history says everything to me. Now, if they hopped jobs 10 years ago, I'm not so concerned with. I'm more concerned with, what have you done in the last 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 years? You know, when you were young and you were, you know, whatever, uh, I can live with that. But I look at current work history because history tends to repeat itself. So I'm looking for a strong, strong work history. And I think that's something that uh, candidates, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, employers, that's one of the big mistakes that they make also. They don't pay close enough attention. If somebody's been one place for two years, the next place for a year and a half, the next place for three years, and they tell you, hey, uh, you know, I just want to pl- find a place that call home, I-, I don't hire them. I want somebody just, like my general manager has been with me now for 11 years. She was at one place for 20 years. My other manager was at some You know, I want that. I'm looking for stability there.
0: Well, That's so well, let's me. talk about that. That's a nice little segue. Um, so now you you hire them um, how long do you give them? What if you made a mistake? He, uh, I talked to um, Brian Scudamore on our radio show uh, not too long ago. He was a lot of fun, and he started the 1-800-GOT-JUNK. He fired 11 people in one day in one meeting. He just cleaned house one day. He said he is slow to hire and quick to fire. Um, let's talk about that. Suppose they sold you on being a great uh, team member. What do you look for in the in the early relationship, and when do you cut cut the uh, bait
1: you know i rule of thumb 90 days is absolutely the maximum absolutely but if i find out within the first week they're gone it's just i'm a big advocate of i don't care what they tell me show me so mm-hmm. a picture's worth a thousand words and uh, i only go by what i see so i'll cut if somebody isn't working out i'll cut them as quick as i can um and sometimes that's less than a week, and sometimes it's a month. But, you know, it, it depends. If it's a learning curve, and I know they're just having a hard time picking it up, but I think that there's a engine under that hood. You know, I, I also know if they didn't bring it with them, they're not going to find it when they get there. So I have to uh, discern if this person has the uh, brains to pick up what we need to teach them. But I'd say cut your losses and run as quick as you can see. Um, I've carried them, and it's just... Uh, what happens is you get into that hope stage. I think we all do. We get into that hope stage, and we, we start to hope they'll, they'll work out. You, you, you yeah. know, have you been there? You yeah. Know, and that is such a hard place because you you went through all these applicants, all this training, all this hassle. But I try to teach people stay out of the hope stage because you've got to deal with reality head on. So I cut them as Why don't as we I just – we can't,
0: we can't avoid this topic. What if it's your nephew or your mother – Okay. What do you do with family, members? Sympathy. You don't hire them.
1: No, I try to keep things very, very simple. I I want my friends, my friends, and my 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 uh, I I don't want to be sitting across Thanksgiving meal asking you know uh, my nephew Johnny to pass me the gravy, and I just fired him the day before. <laughs> I just, it's just not my style. I think. Uh, So many people do that, and I think the reason so many people hire relatives is it's the easy way out. Cousin Johnny doesn't have a job. Cousin Johnny's young, and he has energy, and, you know, I know him. Let's get him. No, no, you don't want that. You want to, you know, get your your employee marketing machine cranking out applicants lined up at your door so you're constantly interviewing. Your employees get used to you interviewing, and they see that, yeah, wow, you know, but... uh, I stay away from I, nothing to do with family, no thanks. Life's too short, life's too hard, but you know what? I know some people that do it, and I think they pay a price for it, but I've never in my life known anybody that has been able to do it long term with great success. Um, either the, the kid ends up hating the dad, the dad you know is upset with the kid, it's just a tough position to put yourself in.
0: But, it is a uh, tough i i you know I've seen some amazing family businesses, but I will say i I've said this before some of the best businesses I know are family businesses when they are of a like mind and they honor the organizational chart and they you know some family members actually go above and beyond because they know the other employees are are watching for the member of the you know lucky genetics club to uh, to uh, not perform. So it can be really fantastic, but I will say the worst businesses I know are family-run businesses because of a lack of accountability or fear. And I think that sometimes we do sabotage ourselves by putting in untouchables into the company so then we can say, well, that's why I'm not successful. So I try and bring that up with clients too. Is Is this your way of getting around, getting things done your way? You, you put this obstacle in the road, so now we have to deal with that. So I think that is something to look in the mirror about. If you've got someone who's untouchable, you can't hire, you can't fire them, who's who's really got the, the handcuffs on here? Because you can't do yeah, you know, that.
1: The other thing I've noticed over the years of watching people that uh, fire family members, there's always that element of the jealousy there. The, the, you know, ah, that's his nephew, that's his cousin, that's his whatever. You know, there's always... That gossip column with the the family members. Um, uh, You know, it's just what I uh, I, I've seen. I've seen it work, but I've seen it more often not work. Um, Okay,
0: (laughs) I think that's some uh, pretty candid and uh, blunt advice on that. What about how, how now that you've hired him? Let's talk about building a rockin' team fast. Because you've done that multiple times. You're still a young guy, and you've built multiple businesses. Some you've sold, some you've kept, but you're very comfortable growing a team fast. How do you do that?
1: Well, the key is um, you want to grow them fast. Well, here's a couple points. Let's talk about it. You're talking about having them... Uh, have a lot of uh, productivity, or are you talking about building the team quick?
0: I'm talking about building the team. You know, somebody calls me up, at they're one-man band. They've been a one-man band for 25 years. Okay, okay at this rate, okay. it'll be another 75 before they interview their first person. So how do you, how do you get this thing go, go, going?
1: Well, once you have your employee marketing uh, campaign in place, and then you learn how to interview the right ones, it's one employee at a time. You know, I hire the superstar. And I always tell people, hire – like, for instance, if you want to grow quickly, and depending on what kind of industry you're in, most industries usually uh, maybe you'll have a technician, if you will, and maybe a helper. I always will hire the technician first. I always hire above the job a little bit. Because let's say I hire uh, three managers that all have potential management experience. Now I'm going to have to pay all three of them a little bit more. But then each one of them then can take somebody underneath them. And I grow. That's the way I've grown very quickly. I always hire managers.
0: Um, what about I what companies. about um, uh, training them? Do you because one of the challenges is if you bring them fully loaded with their skill set, they may not like to do it your way. What about growing somebody from, you know, uh, uh, green to seasoned? Does that question well, make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the number two would be I'd have systems in place. Uh, okay, Absolutely good. unequivocally, big time system guy. I mean, Lots you know, you have to have systems in place, uh, and then that's it's that simple. You have to have systems in place. You don't want them out there winging it, doing it their, you, you know, their way. You want them doing it your way, day in and day out. Period. No ambiguity. Uh, uh, that uh, was so I was have,
0: for, I was fishing for that answer, Casey.
1: Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> you know, systems are tough, very tough, because people are. How do I have time to write systems? And I try to tell people. Writing system is is, is so exponentially uh, benefit to you. Uh, mm-hmm. The example would be, you know, back when I had a painting company years ago. I'm I'm trying to think of a quick example. If if I went in and I'm the guy that had to clean the truck in the morning and restock it with the paint, we used to do a lot of painting. Uh, that's another company I even forgot about. Um, well, if you just go go in one day and you write, okay, number one, just turn the alarm off. Open up the safe, uh, you know, stock the vehicle, and all this. And you write a system, a check sheet. Everything we have in our company is a uh, usually boils down to a check sheet. Then you take that hour and you hand it off to somebody, and now they do that five days a week for you. You've just saved yourself five hours a week. So the next morning you go in and you write another system for an hour, and you hand that off to somebody. You start with the smaller stuff, and you get rid of the eight dollar an hour jobs. You know, otherwise you're ended up doing minimum wage stuff,
0: and you work your way way up. up. I love the way you're describing it because it is that simple. Just or you do it and someone else writes the guy who's shadowing you. You write down everything I do, and then you can switch spots. And then you're training off of a written system. It can be penciled notes in a in a binder, but it's, it's yeah, going to work. Yeah. I yeah, love my, that. When I did the perfect
1: cleaning. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was going to say that you know we're 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 um, at the point now where we're talking about um, hiring them and managing them. You can't do that. You can't keep great people without systems, and you can't manage people to any kind of performance standards unless you have written systems for how you do things. And I agree. And what I have done since I wrote most of my systems,
1: because that's, you know, what I get paid to do, if I know something's wrong, I wrote the system. Well, it's usually not the system. It's the employee. The other beauty about systems is if there's a breakdown, it's easy to find where the breakdown is. You know, where did it go off track? Where did this employee go off track? Because, you know, you have step you know, how to install a door, step one, step two, step three, step four. Well, you know, you st- you you know, you missed putting the shims in here. Step seven, what happened? Well, you know, how come you didn't do that? You know, and that's all part of training, but um again, I I write the system, I hire great superstars to run the system, then I sit back and I monitor everything with reports and uh it's very easy to grow your business when you're just looking at reports and, and, and motivating the guy, the employees and, you know, uh, hiring people to run your
0: systems for you. How uh, do you get – now, this is the, the last bullet point I've got on here. Isn't it amazing how fast our time together goes? Yeah, hey, if you haven't asked a question and you want to, you better raise your hand. So press the number one on the keypad. Casey, tell me, how do you get the really great ones to stay? Because it seems to me like the really great ones have a dash of entrepreneurship in them. So you've got to create a good enough game for them to stay and not go start their own business. What are some some tips or some insights that you can give us about getting really great people to stay with you?
1: Sure. When I look at retention, I look at it like my goal is to put as many, re- I call them retention hooks, into an employee as possible and I want them to have that entrepreneurial spirit. So th- the best thing I have found is, number one, I give them, I put them on performance-based pay plans so that they can make more money, I can make more money, and everybody wins. And I've had phenomenal, phenomenal success with that. Um, I pay my employees better than my competition, but it's through performance-based pay plans. The other beauty of the performance-based pay plan, the slackers hate it and they never stick around. So what happens is you end up with a team of superstars. Uh, that's the one thing I do to get them to stick around. The other thing I do is I hire the right ones to begin with. That is so important if you just hire the guy that wants to do what he's doing and uh, let him make a lot of money at it. And another very important thing I've done, and it's phenomenal, is I have levels of advancement. It's, I have found people like to... To advance, and so you can take, you know, in Howard's case, a a carpet cleaning company, and you know, you can have tech one, tech two, carpet cleaner Mm -hmm. one, trainer, trainer manager. You have like, you know, twelve levels, and each level is paid for performance all the way up the scale. And I found that that really hooks people.
0: Um, I love that. Let me let me jump in on that too, because one of the things that I've I've moved to is a transparent salary scale. So that when you come, you see the org chart, you see the salary levels, and then from uh, – my buddy Al Levy turned me onto this, too, and we just had great results with this. So if you come in as a junior tech, we even like – you know, there's apprentice and then junior tech. We even like the word junior tech because we don't want someone to get comfortable with that title. Most people don't like being called junior anything. So the junior tech is a temporary position, but – what do you have to do to move to the next level is transparent. So we eliminate that five o'clock on Friday afternoon, got a minute discussion where the guy tries to, you know, bring you bring you to tears with a sob story so that he ends up with some sneaky deal that nobody else gets. That to me is unfair. And so having a transparent, clear level, like you're describing, you know, salary ladder of opportunity that corresponds with the York chart and allows your company to grow and your people to have opportunity, I find is a really great way to, to get them to stay. This is really fun. I knew we were aligned philosophically, but I've learned a lot today. We're kind of narrowing um, down on our, our time together. What did you bring to the phone call, Casey, that you really wanted to share with people that we haven't touched on yet?
1: Well... As far as retention, I think that's uh, so, so so critical because you go through all the work of getting them, training them, keeping them. And once you keep them, you know, what we have is uh, I'll ask people, you know, what do you do uh, to retain your employees? What's your retention program? And they look at me like, well, what's that? And what I think is so important is I have a well thought out planned retention program to retain my employees. I mean, it is a you know, I put it into a couple, of, I don't know, 100 or 200-page manual, I don't remember, but I, I put a lot of thought into it. We have, a, you know, recognition when somebody uh, goes to the next level advancement. You send them balloons and an award to their home so their wife can see it, and it's a big deal. You know, you yeah. get it to the point that your employee, it hurts for them to even think about leaving you. That keeps that entrepreneurial uh, spirit intact at your place, you know, Uh, not not them going out and competing against you. Of course, you have a no-compete clause, you know, that you have to remind them once in a while that, uh, you know, if you steal my customers, we're going to have an issue. But um, I've loved what
0: you've shared today, and I know you have a really great website, and it's organized really nicely so you can see what kind of help you have available. Why don't you give us your contact information and kind of explain. You've got four areas that you like to to work on as far as... um, providing specific tactical help. Why don't you describe the website and how we can get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, that's great. Uh, the name of the website is ProfitableEmployeeSolutions.com, and I have four courses, and one is Marketing to Attract Employees, and then how to, the number two is How to Hire a Team of Superstars, and number three is Managing Your Employees for Success, and then number four is Retaining Your Employees for the, for a Lifetime. And if somebody was to get a hold of these, as people have and go through them and apply, it'll it'll change their life. They they won't have to go through the twenty years of the blood, sweat and tears like I did. Um but uh I have a, a bonus for your uh uh listeners today. They can have all four of those for nine ninety seven while they last. I think I have twelve or fifteen left and then twenty eleven here we have to order a, a boat, a new boatload of them. So That's what I have for them, and I'll throw in two 30-minute coaching sessions, and that's what I have for them. But as soon as well, you speak
0: with uh, you speak with so much um, uh, confidence and hard-earned expertise on this uh, on this topic. It has been my pleasure to have you here today.
1: Well, thanks, Casey.
0: And you know, maybe we could uh, do it again sometime and talk about um, performance based pay programs. That could be a really fun conversation. And um, you well, know, my favorites. Uh, mine too. So that would be an absolute blast. Hey, um, before I let you go today, we have a program too at barebonesbiz.com called the 12 Step Step by Step Program. It's a year long program that helps you implement the basic success habits. It will make all the difference to your business. So check that out at stepbystepbusinessbuilding.com, stepbystepbusinessbuilding.com. You can also check out uh, barebonesbiz.com. We have uh, lots of great radio shows lined up for you. And on uh, and Block Talk Radio, they make um, previous radio shows available, so click around there. We are here to help you grow your business, have fun, make more money, and realize the freedom that caused you to start your business in the first place. So, Casey, thank you so much for, for your expertise and your good conversation today.
1: Well, thank you, and thanks for having me. And uh, it just came to mind, if somebody is interested in my courses, please call the number because if you go to the website, they're about $3,000 and the website won't let you, uh, you know, check them out. So you're going to have to call oh, the okay, office.
0: Good deal. And, okay. Uh, yeah. What's the, n-
1: what's the number? Uh,
0: 888-845-2560. Right and it's on. Also on okay. And, good uh, deal. God bless you. You too. Thanks All for right, playing. All right. Thanks, see uh, you later. Oh no, we're out of time. Thanks to my super smart guest and thank you for joining us. You can listen in again at blogtalkradio.com slash barebonesbiz. So down with the ball and chain of 20-hour workdays and piles of debt. Make some money. Fix and grow your own extraordinary business. And until next time, this is Ellen. I wish you love, peace, prosperity, and freedom.